Welcome to Lobby Talk, a podcast from the Cumberland County Playhouse. One of the best places to hear Playhouse gossip is in the lobby, and now we're bringing the lobby to you. You'll hear backstage stories from our company, learn about upcoming events, and what goes into putting shows onto our stage. No further ado, let's all go to the lobby. This is Brett Hancock, CCP's Artistic Director. Welcome back to Lobby Talk and part two of my conversation with Playhouse star Daniel Black. Okay, so let's dive into smoke a little bit. Okay. You get the call from Abby. Mm-hmm. So you're Dennis Sanders. I'm Dennis Sanders, yeah. Who was in your, your, the first cast? Uh, let's see if I remember them all. Uh, Melissa Ellis who I went to high school with. Uh-huh. She was playing Denise. Uh, Rhonda Wallace was Mama. Let's see. Uh, Burl was actually Peter Lewis. Yeah. And I think Bobby Taylor was my first Stanley. I believe he was playing Stanley that year. And then Richard Blanton was playing the preacher along with Patty Payne okay. as, as yeah. June. So you played, at this point, you didn't play any string instruments or you did? I played a little bit of guitar because my aunt is a music teacher. Um, in Morristown, Tennessee, and she uh, kind of taught me a little bit of guitar. I knew how to play a couple of chords, and that mm-hmm. was it. But I was mostly into brass instruments. I played trombone and baritone and trumpet, stuff like that. But yeah, uh, I didn't know any, any string instruments really getting into it. So you were basically learning the lines, the learning lines. the role, and learning to play at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then having to sing a tenor part throughout the whole show, or uh, a semi-baritone part throughout the whole show, depending right, on right. what I was being thrown into. Yeah, yeah. Who was really instrumental in teaching you how to play? Oh, uh, I would have to say Rhonda and Bobby. Yeah. Like, Bobby showed me a lot of neat chords and tricks on the guitar to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of fake through it and not play it full out, you know, right away. But at the same time, it was uh, learning this. And then I looked at the banjo and I was like, ooh, eventually I'm going to learn how to play that. Yeah. And I also learned how to play the stand-up bass really quickly because uh, there was a a little trick that Bobby showed me that the fir- first four strings on a guitar, if you stand the guitar up, is a bass. So I would go home and set my guitar up and I'd sit there and pluck the strings like a bass and learn how to play bass like yeah. that on a guitar. So that was, that was very interesting. But Well, and now how interesting that you've become that mentor in the yes. Smoke on the Mountain cast. Switched roles. You're now teaching the Dennis's and Denise's <laughs> yes, exactly. <how> to play. <laughs> so you played Dennis for a number of years. Yeah, it was, um, I couldn't tell you the last time I played Dennis. I think that's the first role I saw you in when I first got here was, was Dennis. playing Dennis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you went on to go to Stanley next. Is that... Um, I got to play Stanley for, I think, a year or two. I think actually it was only one year. Shortly after that, Abby was like, you're going to have to play Burl now. And I was like, okay, I'll play Burl. <laughs> so ready. I've been playing Burl ever since. Yeah. So we'll talk about the evolution. Uh, you know, you've kind of grown up doing Smoke. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you were what, maybe 16, 17 when I you was, started? Or? I was 17 when I started doing Smoke in the Mountain. I was, I was almost 18. By the time I was doing smoke. So you were the actual age of Dennis Sanders when you started. Yes, I was. Yeah. So talk a little bit about the evolution of, of starting as Dennis and then now playing the father. Well, doing the show as many times as I have and knowing the show inside and out, a lot of the experience uh, as Dennis, I mean, being, being that character and being shy and not being as open until like the second act rolls around, making the transition from Dennis to Stanley was the hardest uh-huh. because... Stanley was more pulled back, grumpy, just out of prison, you know, that type of character. And then going into Burl is kind of in the middle of both of them. Burl still has this kind of a shy, shy part of him, but he's still open like a preacher, mm-hmm. but still has that grumpiness, you know, it's, it was, uh, 
transitionally, doing Dennis as long as I had and then having to jump into another role, it's like starting the show all over again. Because uh-huh. you're having to re- relearn the lines. I mean, you know the lines. You heard other people saying the lines. But to put those lines in your head and having you say those lines, it's a little different. So throughout the years, I've learned smoke at least 25 different times. Right. Well, <laughs> so. and there's so many, like, with vocally, too. You oh, know, yeah. If you have a dentist that's more of, you know, a, a baritone, then you mm-hmm. may have to take the tenor line oh, as yeah. bro. That's happened more times than I can count as well. And yes, I have learned every single male part there is to smoke in the right. mountain. Like, can you sing the baritone part? Of course I can. When we sing tenor two, I can do that too. Yeah. Because I know with Wes, because when we were casting Smoke the past few years, we're saying, okay, we've got this great guy. He's, you know, this is his vocal range. Uh, okay, that'll be fine. I'll just put Daniel on the other one. Daniel can do anything. Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. <laughs> did you ever do Mervyn? I did Mervyn once. I did Mervyn in Sainter's Family Christmas. Uh, it was the year that Jason, Jason got really sick. Yes, I remember and that. And Tom Angland who was playing Burl at the time, and I think he was may have also been the director that year, um, came up to my house, knocked on the door. It was about 9.30 at night and said, hey, Daniel, I got some news for you. Jason's sick. And he's like, I was wondering if you could learn Sanders Family Christmas and learn Mervyn so you can do the show tomorrow afternoon. Oh, my gosh. And so I stayed up all night till like 4 or 5 in the morning, writing down my Bible verses on my cards and putting the, the I think I wasn't in the show that year. I think I was doing something different that couldn't put me in Mm Sage Family Christmas. So I had to relearn the show as Mervyn. And uh, lucky for me, I didn't really know how to play accordion that well. So they didn't have me play accordion, but I was still, I still held it and like, looked like I was playing it. <laughs> but I learned it overnight and I got up with, with little or no sleep and went to the theater and we did a quick run through and rehearsed it and wow. went out there and did you it. Did it. And, and uh, Felt actually like you were shot out to, of a cannon. Yes. <laughs> and if anybody knows Sanders Family Christmas, uh, me at that young age, I was having to propose to Patty Payne. And that was the funniest thing. <laughs> that, another funny story about that day was the uh, Crossville Chronicle was here that day, along with 35 to 40 red hat ladies oh, that man. were in the audience. So they thought it was going to be fun to take a picture of that moment with all the red hat ladies up on stage <laughs> with Mervyn. And I actually have a picture of some one of them kissing me on the cheek. And I think it made the front page of the Crossville Chronicle. Wow. <laughs> so it's documented. It's Your documented that my one time as Mervyn was, <laughs> I was there with the Red Hat Society. So, <laughs> Oh, that's cool. So now, I mean, you play banjo, banjo, bass, harmonica. guitar, harmonica, mandolin. Uh, I dab a little bit in piano if somebody shows me how to play piano, but I'm not a yeah. piano player. <laughs> <laughs> that you've been able to use in so many other shows, too. Mm-hmm. As, as, well. as well, yeah. Um, as you were saying uh, earlier, we did... Um, we did Old Man and the Old Moon, which was a lot of instruments. We've also done Golden Boy, the Blue Ridge, which I didn't get to really play that much in that one, mm-hmm. but that's another one that had a lot of instruments. Ring of Fire, one. though. Ring you of Fire. All oh, the yeah. Johnny Cash stuff. All that stuff was, was in there. Uh, where Music Kills Sorrow was another oh, one yeah. where I was actually in the show and playing in the orchestra at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I was playing uh, a little bit of guitar, and I think that's when I was learning banjo at the same time. I would play simple, just finger-picking like kind of banjo style. So I, there's been several shows. Was there ever a time you were in a show and then had to run down to the orchestra pit, mm-hmm. play a song, and then come back up? Yeah, that was Big River. We did Big River. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I think you were playing the king that year. Yep. And mm-hmm. we were doing Big River, and I, was, I played like seven, eight uh-huh. different characters. And uh, there's a song, We Are the Boys, and that's when all the Huck's friends and Tom's friends get in that cave, and they're talking about you know the treasure and everything, and they start to sing that song, and there's big harmonica in it. And I remember having to run downstairs, play harmonica for that song, run back upstairs, become one of the, the neighbors or something to come out with a gun. And then I was playing uh, the father as well. 
So I had to dirty yep, up my face, yep. put on the beard, come out and sing Daggum Government. And then I'd have to run back downstairs and play harmonica again, where <laughs> <laughs> I was playing mandolin as well. So that was, that was one show I was doing that in. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. So Smoke on the Mountain, we have four more performances at this point in the outdoor yeah. theater. So talk a little bit about this production of Smoke being outdoors, because you've done it outdoors before, but oh, in yeah. the other space, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. We, originally, it was, it was down the hill in that bigger, right. the bigger auditorium with the, the huge walls and everything. And it looked really nice when it was, when it was cleaned mm-hmm. up and the weeds mm-hmm. were all gone and the lights were up and everything. It was, it was an experience. And it was right there by the lake. So there was a lot of bugs and things like that. Right. So people were constantly like smacking bugs everywhere and <laughs> things like that. But um, the outdoor experience is, is it's unlike anything that you could do indoors. Mm-hmm. And it just gives it that much more of an element because you've got the crickets and the birds and the leaves falling and the, the breeze blowing. And it's, it's not distractions. It's just, it adds to the show. I, I agree. Because if you do it inside, we've originally done Smoke on the Mountain all these years with the sound cue at the beginning with crickets. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, we don't have to do that. We don't need that sound (laughs) cue anymore, which is just one thing about being outdoors. Uh, Several things, like it sounds amazing out there. Uh, Being that with with nothing bouncing back at you from the indoors, the indoor walls, just being outside and hearing everything in its natural element, there's nothing like that. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like that at all. We'll talk a little bit about performing during this pandemic. Okay, well. That's something I thought I'd never get used to is putting two more things in my pocket, which is hand sanitizer and a mask. <laughs> the pandemic has really caused us to do things like a little differently, mm-hmm. like being outdoors for one thing, but also it's more, it feels more intimate these days. I agree. And um, having to put yourself in that mindset and knowing that if you were doing the show today, would it, would have there been 400 people in the audience today? Or would there have only been 100 people today? Mm-hmm. 100 people for us right now is almost sold out. So right. that's something not to look at as an actor looking out and seeing just 100 people out there looks awful. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes 100 people can sound like 600 people. Yep. And we've been getting that a lot lately. And I, I think that's what keeps us going is knowing that people are still wanting to come out and see theater. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what show it is, but I think Smoke on the Mountain is ju- it's just one of those shows, if you're, if you're having a bad day, and you just need to be outside in the nice, cool air, and you want to see a good show, you go see something like Smoke on the Mountain. If, you, if you're in your car and you're, you're driving around, you hear, happen to hear an Elvis song, and you're like, oh, I forgot there's an Elvis show going mm-hmm. on right now. Mm-hmm. I, I want to go see that and come out and have like a laugh or two. Escape. Yeah, just escape. Yep. Just escape. It, I just think people, if, if you haven't said it already, being in a safe environment, knowing you can go to a place you've been going for years, and knowing you can walk in and sit down and feel like you can sit there and watch a show without being, you know, in trouble of, because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And the way things are regulated now, I think is just fine. I think we can, we could probably do this for a while until everyone realizes, oh, okay, it's over. Let's, mm-hmm. let's all go out and party. Mm-hmm. We'll all have, a, you know, have a dinner and a show together. Yeah. Until that day happens, I think we're going to make it. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about Elvis has left the building. Okay, yeah, which is running on the main stage right now. <laughs> um, so Daniel, you play Candy. Yes, tell us a little bit about who who is Candy in this story. Well, I've I've come to to really think that Candy is basically the voice of the Colonel. He's like the conscience. He's the, he's the Colonel's other side. You know, I'm trying to give him good advice and tell him you know this that and the other. Uh, if people don't know the story, it's you know the Colonel's Elvis's manager and Candy is sort of the colonel's right-hand man. It's like his best friend. Mm-hmm. He's like, I mm-hmm. got to talk to Candy because I need to talk to him about this, that, and the other. And the colonel was a mentor in a way to he him. Is. He, he is. He is, yeah. because he helped. was at one point? He, he was at one point. Uh, the colonel took him in 
uh, caught him like stealing comic books. Yeah, at the Rexall drugstore, <laughs> and made him go and apologize to the, you know the clerk and everything. And he took him in and gave him a home and gave him a job and everything. And I think basically what Candy does is uh, whenever Elvis travels around, he makes sure that the ho- the hotel is ready to go for him, his limousines clean mm-hmm. and all that stuff, so Elvis doesn't have to like worry about all that stuff. I think Candy does that, and he also does stuff for the Colonel. But uh, <laughs> playing Candy is, is a trip with Jason because you know Jason and I've been doing shows together forever. Oh yeah, but some it's nothing like this. <laughs> Nothing like this at all. I mean, we, we have fun. So Candy, you know, he's set up as, as the colonel's assistant. Mm-hmm. And then without giving away too much, where does Candy go from there in the story? Uh, Candy end up, uh, ends up being Elvis at some point. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> I, kept, I kept telling people they didn't typecast me or anything because I am the age that, that Elvis was when he died. So I was like, I could tell. I could tell this is uh, going to be a hard show for me. But uh, I end up playing Elvis at one point, and uh, it's, it's just a brief moment. But to just put myself in those shoes. Uh-huh. I, I, it says in the script, nobody's, nobody can play Elvis and nobody can look like Elvis, but there's a way to do it. There's, there's a, a way, way to, to do, do it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we actually have two guys that play Elvis in this show. So to figure mm-hmm. out how that works, you're going to have to come see it. It's running through October it. 29th. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about, you've done a lot of, of farces here and comedies. Um, you know, Donald Fan, who was the director, you've worked with him before. And oh, yes. Lemmy Tenor and, and various other shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about kind of keeping the energy up during a comedy and what that oh, goodness. entails. Uh, well, it, it, it all starts with, uh, the audience actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you go out there and you're thinking, wow, th- some of this stuff isn't hitting all these, all these, these are the jokes people, you know, you're supposed to laugh. But then if you glance and you look out there, you see people smiling. Right. Or, or they're sitting there whispering to their friend and like kind of pointing and, you know, putting their hands in front of their faces. So they're, they're, they're having a good time. But I think the more the audience gets into it, the more that you, yeah. the yeah. it gets to us. Like we get bit even more by the bug at uh-huh. that point. It just goes into high, high gear after that. You start sweating a little bit more than you usually do. Yeah. And you're like, wow, I, I came in here 70%. Now they're getting 150. Absolutely. It's like a shot of adrenaline. <laughs> it is. As soon as it really that, is. You know that they're with you. Yeah. But it, it for Elvis too because we're only at twenty five percent seating capacity mm-hmm. right now, so we're only selling a hundred seats in our almost five hundred seat main stage auditorium. So every row is blocked off, and there are seats in between parties. So I think sometimes when people come in, you know, because they're not all sitting together, I think they're a little nervous to laugh. Yeah, I think you know, they are too. I think they are too. Uh, not hearing other people around. When you're them. in a big group together and you're sitting right next to someone, you share in that experience together. Oh, yeah. But then once they get going, it's fine. But I, th- I want to say to everyone coming to see Elvis has left the building. It's okay to laugh. It is. We encourage you to laugh. Yes, they please. want you to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Daniel. So let's wrap this up with what Ron and I like to call our quick fire question round. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm going to ask you some questions, and you just answer truthfully. All right. You know, first thing that comes to your head. Okay. We'll start out easy. All right. Okay, what's your favorite color? Blue. Same here. Favorite holiday? Hmm. Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Because? I get to kind of do what I do at work. Yeah. Dress Play up. dress up. Play dress up. <laughs> and get to, like, you know, either be vampire or werewolf or, you know. Trump. <laughs> well, you've had some great Halloween costumes over the years. Oh, yeah. You know, we've celebrated we many Halloween have. together. <laughs> we both have, yeah. Um, what's the first musical you ever saw? That's going to take me back to, let's see, my aunt was in college. What's the show that she did? Carmen was my first oh, wow. theatrical experience. I barely remember it. I was probably like six or seven years uh-huh. old, I think, but I saw my aunt do an opera, and I was, I was like oh, blown away. Right. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So really the first musical you remember kind of being introduced to was it the playhouse or it was the playhouse i believe so yeah that's really cool yeah 
Okay, what's your favorite TV show? Oh, gosh, there's so many. If you had to pick one, I know you're a if big I had to pick TV one, buff like my I am. favorite TV show. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Or favorite genre of TV. I would have to say Chicago Fire. I love it. It's my favorite yes. TV show. I like a good like police fireman uh-huh. hospital drama. <laughs> I know I, I just got really excited by that, um, but <laughs> I was like, I've watched uh, Chicago Med was the only one that I had watched. I, I like that one too. And I've you know over quarantine I watched about everything I could possibly get my hands on. But recently I've started Chicago Fire, so I'm only on season one, but I love it's it. So, so good. We'll talk about it soon. It's so good. <laughs> I know you're a big Days of Our Lives fan. Too. Yes, yes, I still watch Days of Our Lives. <laughs> I've always dreamt of being a soap opera actor. I, you know, I if think people we all wa- have. if anybody's watched uh, um, Days of Our Lives, I, I want to be a Demera. I want to come in and oh, be yeah. a long lost the villain. Yeah, yes, one of his <laughs> illegitimate children. <laughs> well, he's got plenty of them. <laughs> yes. So. Uh, favorite movie? Goonies, hands yeah, down. That yeah. childhood movie. I still watch it. I love those from time to movies. time. Yes. Favorite musical? Oh, Les Mis. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say lame is that lame is and captain's courageous. Eh, mm-hmm. Close. <laughs> close tie. Close tie. Okay. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Mm, that's a good question. Cause there's so many superpowers nowadays. I would say, I would have to say telepathy, like te- sending people telepathic message and moving stuff with my mind mm-hmm. and be able to control reading people's with my thoughts. Mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite superhero. Oh, yeah, I'm about to go Superman. Superman's classic. He, yeah. He beats everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you a dog or a cat person? I'd have to say dog. I'm a dog person. Did you grow up with a dog? I didn't have a dog until we moved here to Crossville, actually. Yeah. Uh, we traveled so much. much. We right. didn't want to have to travel with a pet, and some places didn't allow pets. So we got our first dog when we were here. And then uh, after that, after I moved out, my dog you know, passed away. And so in my third or fourth apartment, I got me a cat. Mm-hmm. And so I became a cat person, and then I realized I was allergic to cats. Yeah. But I still love cats. <laughs> so I'd have to say, if, if I had to choose anything, it would be dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what can we find you doing when you're not at work? Golfing. I knew it. <laughs> I'm playing golf or playing video games with my son. Favorite video game? Ooh, favorite video game. <sighs> I would have to say Call of Duty. Any of the Call of Duties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your favorite go-to meal from a local restaurant? <sighs> Taco Bell. That's got to be Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I eat Taco Bell at least once or twice a month. <laughs> okay, if you had a yacht, what would you name it? Oh, I've never, heard, I've never had to answer a question like that before. Uh, if I had a yacht, I would have to call it Easy Breezy. Oh, yeah. Easy I like Breezy. It. I think it would, she'd, she'd be called Easy Breezy. Yeah, I pictured you like on that yacht with like a Hawaiian shirt with a... <laughs> hitting golf balls on the deck of it. Your, yeah, hitting <laughs> golf balls. <laughs> Riding off into the sunset. Yes. Okay, what's your favorite pre-show ritual? Oh, my pre-show ritual would have to be a cup of coffee and a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Get, the voice, uh, get the voice going. Just get it going. Get yeah. those vocal cords going. Okay, what's one role that you could do over and over? Oh. Or if somebody said, okay, you can pick one role to do the rest of your life, what would it be? And it could be something you've done. It could be something that you haven't done. Well, the one that's stuck in my brain right now is Sandy and Duck Hunter Shoots Angel. Mm-hmm. And the close second is Flight of the Lawn Chair Man. Yeah. Like doing that show was, oh man, I, I can't remember the last time I got so happy as Daniel doing a, sh- a show like that that was kind of sad. Uh-huh. Uh, for people that don't know Flight of the Lawn Chair Man, that's about basically his father passed away and he was a pilot and he wants to be a pilot and he doesn't have good eyesight, so he's never going to be a pilot. So he decides to put a, bal- a bunch of balloons on a chair and try to fly away and just get up in the air and be you know that type of a pilot. Mm-hmm. And that story was so sweet. I yeah. could do that show forever. Yeah. 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 Okay. If you could give advice to your younger self, 
or to a younger person who's interested in getting into the theater business, what would you tell them? <laughs> be on time. <laughs> yeah, show up. <laughs> Don't be late. Uh, no, I would, I would have to say, um, I would have to say 100%. If, if you're going to do something like this, your heart, your, your soul, your personality, and your mind, everything has to be, be in it. Be in it to win it. And you'll be the best that you can be. That's, that would be my advice. I love that. Well, thank you, Daniel. This has been awesome. Well, thanks for having me. This is great. Yeah. So you can catch Daniel and Smoke on the Mountain in the Outdoor Theater through October 4th or in Elvis's Left the Building through October 29th. Daniel will also be reprising his role as Burl Sanders in Sanders Family Christmas, opening November 6th on the main stage. Again, this is Britt Hancock, CCP's Artistic Director. Remember to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher, or wherever you happen to be listening. You've been listening to Lobby Talk, a presentation of the Cumberland County Playhouse. You can reach us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CC Playhouse. And you can purchase tickets online at ccplayhouse.com or by calling our box office at 931-484-5000. Also, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to us. Podcast hosting is by Buzzsprout. Theme music and production by Ron Murphy. Executive produced by Britt Hancock and Bryce McDonald. Thank you for listening.